Welcome to the Revo Podcast. Revo Church is one church in multiple locations with a vision to spark a revolution of life change through Jesus. We hope to accomplish this through our core values of love big, serve hard, live bold, grow deep, and move forward. For more information on our service times and locations, please visit our website at discoverrevo.com. So when, when I was in college uh, and I was paying attention in class, like I always was, uh, taking notes, I would listen for certain phrases that my professor would say. These were uh, things that perked my ears up. Anytime these words were mentioned, I would feverishly open up my laptop or pull my notes out. And it was phrases like this. Some of them were kind of nuanced and little hints, little wink, wink, nod, nod, but some of them were, were kind of bold. Uh, I remember my professors saying phrases like, attention class, you are going to see this again. All right, so that means that that's going to be on the test. Sometimes they would just flat out say, what I'm getting ready to tell you is going to be on the test. Phrases like, you might want to write this down. This is important. Like anytime I heard those things, it would wake me up and say, all right, like this, they are telling us what is going to be on the test. Like three answers, if you would just write them down, uh, you're, you're going to get hooked up with it. And so I want to try that th- this morning. Um, what I'm going to talk about this morning is important. You might want to jot this down. You're going to see this later. This is going to be on the test. So, that work? Everybody got your app out? Right? Piece of paper? Write it on your hand, on your neighbor's hand? Whatever you got to do. You need to know this. This is, this is going to be it. Um, I believe that in life, we face tests every single day. Um, we, we face tests, and, and th- there are things that happen to us things that happen around us, uh, and things that are said to us that will test us. I, I believe we, we face those every single day. And in, in your response, in my response to the things that are said to us, that are done to us, or that happen around us, uh, it's going to show you who you really are. You know, you can say whatever you want to about who you are and what you believe and what you're all about. But, you know, there's a, there's a phrase, actions speak louder than words. And every day we are tested and our actions will illustrate who we really are. Not who you say you are, but who you really are. Not what you say you believe, but what you actually believe. And it, it, it'll prove, and it's going to be an illustration, not only to yourself, but to everybody around you, uh, who you really, you really, really, really are. Your response in all those things speaks volumes. Uh, today I want to look at two of the greatest tests that you will ever face in your life. This test sometimes happens too in the same day. Uh, Sometimes they're in different seasons of your life, but I'm telling you, every person in here has taken these two tests many, many times. We're going to find out this morning if you failed them many, many times, or if you you passed them, regardless of what's happened in the past, you can pass them from here on out. I'm telling you, you might want to jot this down. This is important. You're going to see this again. This is going to be on the test. Got it? Here's the two tests that you and I face almost every day and definitely in in different seasons of our life. You and I will take the test of prosperity and the test of adversity. Here's a test that you're going to face. What are you going to do when everything in your life is going right? When you're winning at everything, when everything seems to be up and to the right, I believe that blessings from God are not only a gift, but they're a test. 
And on the other end, what are you going to do when your life falls completely apart? When everything seems to be going wrong? See, I believe that adversity is not only a test, but check this out. I believe adversity is a gift. Because our blessings are a gift from God, but the hardships that we face are one of the ways that God uses to mold you and shape you to become the man or the woman that he's created you to be. So both of them are beneficial. Both of them are a test that I believe we're going to take many times and we're either going to fail them or, or pass them. What's going to happen when life hits rock bottom? What will you say? What will you do? Where will you go? What happens when life is moving in the right direction? What will your reactions and your response and your attitudes and your actions illustrate about what you believe about that? Blessings are a gift and also a test. And Psalm 30 is where we're going to be at today. Psalm 30 is like a microcosm of our life. Uh, You're going to read here in David's life, David had some really, really high highs. And David had some really, really low lows. And he had everything in between. Like, that's us. That's me. Some of you experienced that just this past weekend, like all of those things. You had some really, really great times, really high highs. And some of you, it was a rough weekend, depending on like what that crazy aunt and uncle did or what they said or the dynamics between family. It could have been a really tough, tough time. How'd you respond? Those are two tests that we face. And so I want to show you out of the book of Psalms, uh, David is going to show us the high highs and the low lows and everything in between. And if you're taking notes, and I hope you are, because you're going to see this again, it's going to be on the test. This is important. There's five tests, five ways that I believe you and I are tested every single day that I want to tell you. I'm going to tell you the answers to right now so it doesn't sneak up on you and you don't fail it. David reveals these to us. Don't miss this, what he says in Psalm chapter 30, starting in verse 1. We see the first test he gives us. Here's what David says. I will exalt you, Lord, for you rescued me. You refuse to let my enemies triumph over me. O Lord, my God, I cried to you for help, and you restored my health. You brought me up out of the grave, O Lord. You kept me from falling into the pit of death. Sing to the Lord, all you godly ones. Praise his holy name. If you're taking notes, jot this down. The first test that life will throw at you and I with the high highs and the low lows and everything in between, life tests your gratitude. Number one, life tests your gratitude. See, David uses specific words in this passage. He looks up at God and he says, God, you, you rescued me. You restored my health. We, we don't know what particular physical ailment David was dealing with, but I, I kind of like that we don't know that because it makes it all that more relatable to me. He said, there were times where I asked you to rescue me, where I was in a jam, where my back was up against the wall, and you answered. There were times when I prayed, and you not only heard my prayer, but you answered my prayer. David says, when when things were really, really bad in my life, you turned those things around and now they're good. Like these first four verses are like, David's living on a high, high right now because of the things that God gave him. See, the Bible tells us that every good thing that we have comes from God. And every difficult thing in our life serves as an opportunity for us to be formed and shaped into who God has called us to be. Here's the test. How will you respond when things are going great? 
Man, when marriage, when family, when finances, when your job, when, when just everything. Man, I, I hope you've been in a season like that recently. If not, like hopefully you're walking into it. But have you, have you ever been in there where it just seems like, hey man, just like things are clicking on all cylinders right now. Like I just feel like I'm in a good spot in life. It feels like a lot of hard work has paid off and, and I'm just enjoying some blessings from God. When you're in that moment, how will you respond? What will you say? That will be a test. I believe that God blesses people sometimes, and this is what he does. He takes a step back and says, now, let me see how they respond. Let me see what they're like when things are going great. And in verse four, we see how David responds. Like, everything in David's life is good right now. Sing praise to the Lord. Like, thank you, God. David was tested with gratitude. God will bless David and then we will figure out how will David respond. And the Bible says that he responded with thanks. Thank you. I'm so grateful. How about you? When God opens up a door, when God makes a way, when God blesses you, when life seems to be going well, do you go to him with thanks? That's a test. That's going to be a part of your daily life. Even when things aren't going well, it can serve as a test. Will they trust me? Will they be thankful for what they do have, even though they don't have everything that they might want? David thankfully passes the test of gratitude. How about you? Are you going to be thankful when God gives you the opportunity to give him the credit for it? And give him the, the thanks. Verse 5, we see the second test. David says, for, for his anger, God's anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes with the morning. This second test that you and I are going to face with the highs and the lows, God will allow those things to test your perspective. Life sometimes tests your perspective. Here's, here's what I've learned. I'm guilty of this. I don't know if you can relate or not, but... Too often, we turn temporary difficulties in our life into lifelong miseries. Something happened one time that we then stretch out and make a part of our identity for the rest of our life. We struggle with a difficulty, and now all of a sudden it turns into something that was just a season, just for a short period of time, but we can't seem to let it go. It continues to, to harbor bitterness in our life, and it severed relationships, and things still aren't the same, even though it happened a long time ago. David uses this, this, this language in these verses, and it's powerful because David makes a bold statement. He says, did you know that God has anger towards you and I? Man, you, you know, everybody says, oh, well, God is love, and God is peace, and God is caring. Yeah, well, let, let's talk about the wrath that God has. Because the Bible teaches us that God's anger burns against those who sin. If we have sin in our life, if we're directly in disobedience to God, then there is wrath that God will pour out. And then, but, but David says this, I love this, he says, God's anger, it only lasts for a moment because here's what God did. God sent his only son, Jesus, to die on the cross, and the Bible tells us that all of God's wrath, all of God's anger towards our sin, your sin and my sin, instead of being poured out on us, was poured out on Jesus. And Jesus paid the price for our sin. Jesus absorbed the wrath. He bore the punishment for our sin. And so David says, you know what? There was a, a moment where God's anger burned against you and against me. 
But because of what Jesus did, because he died and resurrected, now you and I get to experience the favor of God, not only in our lives, but for the rest of eternity. His anger lasts for a moment, but his favor lasts for eternity. And, and David admits that weeping happens in the night, but joy comes in the morning. And for, for a follower of Jesus, that's a, that's a big deal. With God, there's always a morning. There's always a morning. There's a season where a test will, will, will prove who we really are and God will use that difficult season, that hardship to shape us and, and mold us. But the great thing about God is it's a season. There's always a redemptive end to it. There's always a morning when we wake up. The Bible talks a lot about what happens in the morning. God's mercies are new every morning. And so there's this promise in scripture that yes, I agree. David says there's seasons where you're weeping and there's seasons where it's nighttime and, 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 and it's dark. But with God, there's always a morning. Joy comes in the morning. Weeping may last for the night, but joy always comes in the morning. With God, there's, there's always a morning. And so with David, it's a perspective thing. We can get caught up in the weeping of the night or our perspective can shift to the joy in the morning. We can get caught up in the anger of God or we could recognize that through a relationship with Jesus, we can experience the favor of God for a lifetime. It's an eternal perspective. But sometimes it's really difficult because we get focused on just what is right in front of us. The hard thing that we're dealing with right now. The conversation that we're facing right now. The difficult uh, diagnosis that we're dealing with right now. But David says one of the tests that happen when things are good or bad is God will test your perspective. Will you focus your gaze on him? Even David says in Psalm 23, he says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I, I love what he says. David does not say, though I stand in the middle of the valley of the shadow of death. David doesn't say, when I get to the middle, I build a house and I make my residence in the valley of the shadow of death. No, David says, I get it, man. There are seasons where you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but I'm walking. I'm not staying here. This isn't going to become who I am. This, my permanent residence is not in the valley of the shadow of death. Like, I understand I'm walking through it, but God's got something for me on the other side. God will restore those things. And so it's a perspective. Yeah, you might feel like right now, like I'm in the valley, man. I'm in the shadow. And remember what David says. Yep, there'll be times where you're there and you need to remember you're just walking through. God can redeem it. God can restore it. God has a plan on the other side. It's all about our perspective. So whether you're in the morning of joy or in the weeping of night, shift your perspective. Every day our perspective will be challenged. Now verse 6 and 7, I don't know if you've ever said anything and immediately after you said it, you wish you could grab it and put it back in your mouth. I'm sure that's never happened to you guys. It happens to me frequently. If you talk enough, your mouth gets you in trouble, okay? Sometimes you just, your foot just straight in your mouth. These two verses, you can tell. As soon as verse 6 is over, you can tell David's like, shoot, shouldn't have said that. That was dumb. That was really bad. And he tries to like hit the rewind button. Verse 6 says this, uh, when I was prosperous, I said, nothing can stop me now. Then in verse 7, he quit, like, I think David, in between 6 and 7, doesn't say this. It's, I think David's like, 
That was dumb. I can't believe I just said that. My life is going well, and I took the credit for it. My life is on a high, and I actually had the audacity to look at God and say, nothing can stop me. Really? Like, you took the credit for that? God blessed you, and you were like, nothing can stop me. I'm all the way up. Doesn't make any sense. He knows. He immediately regrets it. In verse 7, it says, wait, wait. All right, calm down, David. Your favor, O Lord, made me secure as a mountain. Then you turned away from me, and I was shattered. See, here's what happens in the, in the third test. Uh, we, we get tested like this every day. Life will test your humility. See, David experiences some great success in, in his life, and I believe that God will allow you and I to experience great successes in your life for the purpose of testing our humility. When you succeed, will you take the credit for it? Or will you acknowledge that God gave you everything? When you succeed, will your pride make you puff up? Or will you understand that all of that came from God, and so the only proper response to that is humility? Well, David blows it for a second. He's like, man, my life is going great. Nobody can touch me. I'm a great leader. I'm a great man. I'm a great husband. I'm a great father. I'm great at everything. He's like, wait, no. All right, my bad. God, my pride got caught up in my success. You did that. You gave me that. You opened up the door. You blessed me with the job. You gave me the family that I have. You gave me even the brain that I have to, to make the money that I do and to be successful in different areas of life. God, all of that, I can't. Hey, delete that last part. Leave verse six out of that, God. Let me skip right to verse seven. It was you, God. And when you understand that God gives you everything that you have, then the proper response is not pride, but humility. And what happens when you're humble? It turns into gratitude. God, thank you. Man, I can spend all day giving you everything that I have. All that came from you. Thank you, God. Thank you. So you and I will be tested in moments of great success. And God will say, let me see who you give the credit to. Let me see if you'll humble yourself and honor God or if you'll spend the whole day patting your own self on the back, telling people it was because of you and your skills and your talents and your ability and everything that you've accomplished in your life. How are you doing on the test of humility? Do you understand that everything you have comes from God? Are you going to have a foot-in-mouth moment where God's hand moves and you take the credit? David wanted to make sure he got it right. Even my strength and my skills and my ability, all of it, God, all of it, comes from, from you. You opened the door, you provided, you gave the blessing, you get all the credit and, and the honor for it. Verse 8, he continues, he says, I cried out to you, O Lord. I begged the Lord for mercy, saying, what will you gain if I die? If I sink into the grave, can, can my dust praise you? Can I tell of your faithfulness? Hear me, Lord, and have mercy on me. Help me, Lord. So David quickly moves from high, high, it's awesome, I'm doing great, to now he has a flashback and he begins to talk about the times where he needed rescuing, where he was completely overwhelmed, 
where life was hard and difficult and he was calling out to God, when he had hit rock bottom in his life, David, we see the fourth test. You and I will face this test every single day. David says, sometimes life tests your your purpose. In verse three, David talks about there are times where he found himself in the pit. Well, let me remind you, David knew the pit had a purpose. It's not just an accident. Uh, You're not there for no reason, for just an undisclosed amount of time. Oftentimes, God allows us to find ourselves in the pit in order to teach us something, to mold us, to shape us, to help us see what is your true purpose in life? What are you here for? What really, really matters? I mean, strip everything else away. What really, really matters in, in life? Every difficulty and setback in your life will test your purpose. You'll either get discouraged and bitter and frustrated and walk away from God in the midst of of the pit, or you will look and say, all right, God, what are you trying to do? What are you trying to teach me? What can I learn from this? Because I know there's a purpose behind it. I know your hand is working. I know I can see it. I know this is how you, you function and operate in my life. See, David knew something that, that I hope you know. David knew his purpose. David knew I was created to worship God. You want to know what your purpose is? You don't need to read a self-help book. You don't need to look at a YouTube video. I can tell you what's your purpose. God created you to worship him. That's why we're here. That's why he blesses you. Everything you have was given to you so that we could turn that blessing into worship to God. David knew I'm here to worship God. And so he asked God a big question. He's like, God, I know my purpose is to worship you. How can I worship you when I'm dead? Like, God, if you don't rescue me from this, the dust isn't going to worship you. Like, my bones aren't going to worship you. So, God, like, I know the only reason I'm here is to point people towards you and to worship you. So, God, if you want to save me, it's so that my purpose can be realized. Man, what a powerful prayer of purpose. See, sometimes we'll ask God things like, God, deliver me from this just so I can be more comfortable. God, provide this. Give me that blessing just so that I can have more stuff. What if you viewed your life as, hey, God, I know what my purpose is. And so when I go through difficulty, the purpose is to worship you. When I have a lot, the purpose is to worship you. It's the same purpose. Think about how that will change your perspective on how you navigate the highs and the lows. You and I are going to be tested every day on our purpose. Knowing your purpose will help you stick in when things get hard and will help you not get too puffed up when things go well. David is riding that, that thin line. If we're not careful, we'll fail the purpose, the test purpose. You and I can experience success. Here's something dangerous, man. When, when you experience success and you think it's all about you, you failed the purpose test. When you think you just go to work every day just to make money, clock in, clock out, get a paycheck, if you think that's your purpose in life, Let me say something that's going to hurt your feelings. That's a small purpose. Clocking in and clocking out just to go to work, that's not a purpose worth pursuing. Like, why would you want to live just for that? There's got to be something more to life than going to work, getting a paycheck, and spending the money. There's got to be more to it. Like, no wonder you're discouraged. No wonder you want to quit. Like, no wonder you're just, like, feeling like life's just, there's nothing out there of anything significance for me. Find your purpose in God, and watch how he turns everything around. Watch how everything now has significance and meaning when you understand what you're doing and who you're doing it for. 
Don't live your life chasing a small purpose. David knew his purpose. He closes out the, the chapter like this. You've turned my mourning into joyful dancing. You've taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy that I might sing praises to you and not be silent. O oh Lord, my God, I will give you thanks forever. Last test, at the end of 11 verses, David gives us this two phrases, two words and a phrase that show us the fifth test. Number five, jot this down. Uh, sometimes good things and bad things happen in life that will test your generosity. Life tests your generosity. After 11 verses, David says, now, out of all the things that have happened, this is what I am going to give to you, God. What if, this would be scary, what if God chooses to bless you financially and the whole purpose behind the blessing was so that he could step back and say, now let me see what you do with it. Let me see if out of the money that you have, you'd be willing to honor me. Let me see what happens when I give you a blessing to see if you'll take the credit for it. Let's go to the opposite end. What if you lose your job? What if there's a season where there, you're in financial need and God steps back and says, let me see if even in the tough times you'll trust me. Let me see how you respond when you don't have everything that you want. I'm telling you, friends, it's all a test. The highs and the lows, the good and the bad, the clarity and the uncertainty, all of it is an opportunity for us to prove to God who we really are. I don't want to fail the test. I definitely don't want to fail the same tests that God gives me every single day. Like to get a retest on something after you failed it once is a blessing. To fail it twice would be me going home and my mom spanking me in front of everybody. That's how it worked in my house. I don't want to fail the spiritual test over and over again in my life. There's the opportunity that we have. I want to, I want to close it uh, with this. Maybe a, a way we've never closed a sermon before. Um, but I want to tell you a story that uh, Maddie and the band are going to come up and uh, help me tell this story uh, with me. But life can be so unpredictable. Uh, you know that. Life has highs and lows, the joys and the sorrows. And if there's one person that, that I've heard his story and, and listened to that I think kind of experienced this in a, in a radical way is a guy by the name of Horatio Spafford. Uh, Horatio was a, uh, a successful attorney and real estate agent in Chicago in the late 1800s. And unfortunately, in 1871, uh, with the Great Chicago Fire, both of his businesses were completely consumed with fire. He lost, professionally, he lost everything that he had, his career uh, was over. A few months after that fire, even before he could pick up the pieces of his career, his four-year-old son, his only son, uh, died of the scarlet fever. Horatio was married, and he had four daughters, and just to attempt to help them process the grief that they had been through, uh, he decided that they were going to take a family trip and they were going to sail from, from New York to, to England on a ship. And 
He was still putting some of the pieces together of his failed two businesses due to the fire. So he put his wife and his four daughters on the ship to sail to England. And he said, I'll meet you there in a week. In the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, that ship that his wife and daughters were on uh, had a collision and sank. 200 people aboard the ship died, including Horatio's four daughters. His wife was somehow rescued, and when she got to the shores of England, she sent her husband a telegram that said simply this, saved alone, what shall we do? Horatio immediately got on a ship and sailed to England, and at some point during the voyage, the captain of the ship knew what had happened to Horatio, had heard his story, and he called Horatio up to the top deck And he looked him at his eyes and he said, this right here where we are right now is where the ship sank. This very spot is where your four daughters breathed their last breath and they perished by drowning. Horatio in that moment went back to his cabin and he got out a notebook. And in an odd string of events, he said, there was an overwhelming peace that came upon my heart. And he said he began to write some things down in his journal that would ultimately one day be the words of a famous hymn entitled, It Is Well With My Soul. I wanna read this to you. Does it make any sense? Here's the words. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, God, you have taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Back up, man. He lost everything of his business, burnt to the ground. His only son died of an illness that was sweeping the country. And his four daughters drowned to death. And his wife's halfway around the world by himself. And he's on his knees on the ship right above the place where his family died. And he has the audacity to look at God and say, it is well with my soul. He said, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when life is good, when everything is great, but then when sorrow like sea billows roll, when the pain is so bad and so frequent, it's like waves that crash on the sand. They never stop one after the other. How many bad things in life are gonna hit me at one time? When that is my life, the Lord has taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. How can you do that? When you understand that no matter how high the highs and how low the lows, that our whole life is a test from God. It's an opportunity for us to be faithful and obedient. It's an opportunity for us to thank God for the blessings and during the difficulties for him to mold our hearts 
and our minds and our souls to become the men and the women that he's created us to be. Here's what I want to do. I want to ask you to stand up. Everybody stand up with me. And we're going to sing that song together. Because there is just something about declaring those words out loud that's going to be powerful. I don't know if your life relates to the first part where it says like peace like a river is rolling over. I don't know if that's where you're at or if you're more of a second line person where it says where sorrow is just continuing to crash against the shore of my soul. Either way, here's what God has taught us. That the peace that comes from him is beyond understanding. That God always has a purpose and a plan that we can find and restore our hope through him and through Jesus. And so I want us to sing that together this morning just as a simple declaration of the hope and the faith that we find in Jesus today. Sing with me.
it can be well with your soul. What a promise, what a hope that we have. Let's pray together. I wanna ask you, man, if if that's your prayer, if you're like, God, I I need you to meet me where I am, Uh, whether in the peace like a river or when the sorrow and the sea billows roll. There's something that I like to do when I pray. It's just like a prayer posture. Sometimes when I pray and sometimes when I worship where I just extend my hands out like this. And it's just an act of surrender. God, I don't know what you wanna do, I don't know what you have for me, but my life, I wanna give it to you and I wanna receive what you have for me. I'd love for you to join me in this. If that's your heart, if that's your prayer, if you're just like, God, my life, I surrender to you and I wanna receive whatever you have for me in this season, then pray with me, extend your hands like this. God, thank you. Thank you for the hope that is in your son, Jesus. That no matter our lot, no matter what happens, no matter what we face, no matter how high the highs or how low the lows, your character remains the same. You are still true. Your love, your compassion, your grace and mercy and forgiveness are extended to us. And that changes everything, God. Help us to pass the test. Help us to respond with gratitude and humility. Help us to have the right perspective and focus on you. And God, whatever you'd have for us, however you wanna shape our hearts and soul, God, we're open, do it now. Do it now. Pray and ask those things in in your son Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Revo Podcast. We believe everyone has a next step to take in their relationship with Jesus. If you would like more information on what that means for you, or if you have any questions about today's message, please email us at info at discoverrevo.com.